The biggest crash in history isn't coming. The biggest crash in history has already started. It is already here. Now, I think the biggest crash in history started in August 1971. And most people won't tell you that. I'll come back to why I believe where we're at now started in 1971. But let me ask you this. What is a crash? Is it house prices? Is it the economy? Is it the value of money? Is it the value of your national currency? Is it a recession, a correction or a depression? What actually is a crash? When it comes to you and your life and your money and your living standards and your asset value and your cash value, I would argue that you're most concerned about your spending power. So if you have high spending power, which means that the money you have has high value or you have a lot of high value money, you probably feel that your economy is good. You're in some kind of boom. But if you have low spending power, i.e. your currency is being debased and devalued, inflation is really high, cost of living is really high, or your earning power is really low, you probably feel in your own economy that that's a crash. So I'm going to reframe how you think about what a crash is. Because there's a difference between the economy and your economy. There's a difference between overall GDP, velocity of money, gross domestic product, and your GDP, how much money you generate. So there can be a global recession, but a personal aggression. We could be in a global crash, but you could be in a personal boom and vice versa. So I believe the biggest factor for ordinary people like you and I on whether there is a boom or a bust is the relative value of our money. So if we can earn well and we're taxed low and inflation is low and we have good interest rates as debt as lenders or low interest rate as borrowers and our pay rise is a fair each year and as a business, you get incentives and subsidies and the employment market is fair and the talent is good and you can build multiple streams of income and there's low friction and high speed around money and innovation and information. If all that is going on, you're probably going to think, you know what, this is boom times. This is prosperity. However, if inflation is double digits and you're a borrower and interest rates are soaring up and there's a cost of living crisis and there's energy blackmail and an energy crisis and there was lockdowns which meant you couldn't earn and you couldn't run your business and there's wars going on and there's massive increase in taxation and the government are in trillions of debt and they're having to spend hundreds of billions to pay for things like lockdowns and track and trace apps and PPE equipment and energy cap guarantees and all this kind of stuff, then you're probably going to feel like there's a crash or a recession. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for right now in the UK. 
there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. So let me ask you this, and let me know in the comments on any of my socials. I'm at Rob Moore or at Rob Moore Progressive on all socials. Let me ask you this. Since lockdown March 2020, how much per year do you reckon your money has gone down in value? Like, forget what the official inflation figures are. Because CPI and RPI don't include all the things that you buy. So those official figures don't have everything in it that is a relevant cost of living to you. But just think about what has your milk, bread and cheese gone up by? Your travel, your subsistence, your rent, your mortgage. Any fuel and energy. Costs of things like secondhand cars. What's that gone up by? Because you could slap me with a wet kipper if it's less than 10% a year. So if, if I had to bet my wife and kids, I would say minimum since March 2020, money is devalued by 30%. That's a pretty frig, big freaking crash to me. And that tells me that the biggest crash in history isn't coming. It's already started. Because if I said to you three years ago, give me 100 grand and in three years, I'll give you 70 grand. You'd spit your coffee at me. You'd call me a scammer. But that's the deal with money. That's the deal with cash money. You put cash money in the bank with inflation and the soaring cost of living. That's the deal with cash money. It's gone down more than 10% a year. And by the way, on my lives, which I do every day on Facebook, I get millions of views. When I say, since March 2020, I estimate that money has gone down by 30% or your spending power, because the, 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 the numbers haven't gone down, but the value and the buying power has gone down. Essentially, inflation is increasing prices and reduction in buying power, essentially. But when I say to people, I believe it's 30% since March 2020, most people disagree. They think it's more. So let's go back to 1971. August 1971, Nixon takes the dollar off the gold standard, creating fiat currency, which is essentially money printed and created as debt, debt created to print and lend out money. Well, print and now it's digitally created. So this started the devaluation of money. And if you think about it, the more money goes down, the less spending power you have. So what could you buy for a pound or dollar in 1971? I mean, you could buy a Rolex Daytona in 1979 for under a thousand pounds. Now there'd be 30,000 pounds. So that's a 30 times increase in price 
therefore a one thirtieth of the actual value. It'd be interesting to go back and look at some things in 1971 and what they cost now in 2022 and beyond. So because money was created as debt and money wasn't backed by anything real, i.e. gold, that essentially started inflation. Well, inflation started since the debasement of physical metals and coins. You have 99.9% pure gold. Hmm. If I put a 1% base metal in this, tin lead, it looks like it's pure gold, but I've just nicked 1% or 2%. That's essentially inflation. And now what governments do is quantitative ease and print a load of money and essentially nick money off you by creating more money, which reduces the value of your money, which is essentially inflation. So inflation can be natural and organic over time, but it can also be forced by quantitative easing, increasing prices, really low interest rates and, and other fiscal measures and monetary policies. So I would argue that the biggest crash in history has started because the value of your money has started going down really hard since 1971. And in the last three years since the start of the lockdown, it's gone down even harder. Now, the value of gold has gone up since 1971. So gold's done this. Property's done this. The stock market's done this. And money has done this. And this is why money makes you broke and assets make you rich. The rich get richer because the rich don't hold money, they hold assets. The poor get poorer because the poor don't know how to invest in assets and they only hold their wealth in money because they only know that that is wealth. They think that money is wealth. Money is not wealth. Money does not make you rich. Money is spending power. It's utility. But actually, it's like having um, a pile of sand in your hand. If you have to keep carrying that sand around, yeah, you might be able to use some of that sand to exchange for herbs and spices, but some of that sand is going to fall through your fingers. That's what money is. Whereas if you take that sand and you swap it for a lump of gold, that gold isn't going down in value in the same way because there's no inflation. Well, there is inflation, but gold generally goes up above inflation. So there's inflation on value, but not inflation on the actual physical item, unless someone amalgamates some tin into it or some lead. So we've had a load of crazy things happen in recent times. We had the UK mini budget, which um, the IMF then openly criticised the UK government and the Bank of England did too, accusing the UK government of forcing wealth inequality through tax cuts and um, putting pressure to weaken the dollar further, which puts pressure to increase interest rates because higher interest rates attracts overseas money. And because the UK have finally done something from the pit for the people, which is reduce the tax, that creates a, a debt burden on the government. So the tax cut, the mini budget tax cuts cost them 45 billion. The energy cap guarantee costs them 60 billion in the first six months. And I think 150 billion all in the lot. The furlough scheme cost them 90 billion. So you've got these 100 billion expenses every single time. And they have to borrow that money because they don't have it, because they're in deficit. But, uh, you know, if the UK is 2.2 trillion in debt, something like that, that, those figures will change. Robert Kiyosaki reckons the American government is hundreds of trillions in debt. It's a lot of money. I mean, that generates tens of hundreds of billions just in interest. So the interest has to be paid back by you in tax or them by quantitative easing, printing on money and increased inflation. The taxation goes up because their debt goes up. And then 
because they can't pay their money back because it's too many hundreds of billions, which just puts a hole in their budget every year, i.e. there's a deficit every year and not a surplus. The way they pay it back is through this quantitative easing. The way they attract overseas investment is through quantitative easing. And the more money that's printed, the more yours goes down in value. So all of this is going on right now. And, you, you know, when have you seen such a shitstorm of challenging things in the global economy? So we had Brexit in the UK, lockdown one, two and soft three. Obviously, the, the pandemic, the and that, that therefore the huge cost of the vaccines. I'm just, I'll talk economics. I won't talk morals or ethics or anything like that. I'll just stick to economics. The cost of producing the vaccine, hundreds of billions. The cost to fund lockdown, hundreds of billions. The costs to you in massive increased taxation. The cost of the massive government debt and all the interest. The cost of the war, the Ukraine-Russia war, which is not just a war between two countries. All these things, the energy blackmail, and then the energy caps. Each one of these is a hundred billion dollar bill, minimum or more. Defense budget's going up hundred billion. Uh, I understand that the uh, US have put like in the hundreds of billions into the war. So yeah, and by the way, when we say the word printing money now, yeah, of course some paper money is printed, but a lot of it is just digitally created debt. So there are some upside opportunities for you to think about here. Let me summarise what's happened. So in 1971, in August, Richard Nixon took money off the gold standard because he didn't have enough money, whether it's to fund wars or whatever. It's usually wars that create these massive hyperinflations or these massive printing of money or these removals of some kind of gold standard. So... This started the devaluation of money over time and it's been growing and exaggerating and creating momentum ever since. Then we had lockdown 2020 and everything that happened after it, which I just listed out, so I won't repeat. In the UK, we have a really weak pound, which is forcing interest rates up because higher interest rates attract overseas investment. Higher interest rates means that all the borrowers in in the country, of which there are, of course, tens of millions, all the mortgages are going to go up, all the loans are going to go up. Now, the Bank of England are responsible for um, the interest rates, the, the, that particular part of monetary policy. And they kind of blame the government for their mini tax cuts, putting really low, um, really pressure on forcing the pound very low, um, which jeopardises overseas investment. But the Bank of England kept the interest rates under 0.5 and 0.25% for 12 years. Inflation started soaring years before, you know, Liz Truss and the new conservative leadership came in. So why didn't the Bank of England years ago gently start putting up interest rates? Because surely those in the ivory tower in the Bank of England and those who create monetary policy get that. If you want to control inflation, one of the ways to do that is to increase interest rates. But they didn't. Now, I get why interest rates were low, but for 12 years, they could have started gently increasing those and therefore gently controlling inflation, but they didn't. So now we're in a position where interest rates are going to have to go up hard and it's going to hit everyone's cost of living even more as if their cost of living hasn't been hit even more. Because there's no energy independence in the UK, 
and we've made ourselves reliant on energy from other countries, we're able to be blackmailed by energy. And this wasn't the current UK government's fault. This was two, three, four um, terms ago. (laughs) Then, of course, we've got the massive supply chain issues. Like when we were locked down, the production of everything stopped. Do you remember um, recently when secondhand car prices were almost higher than new car prices? But then new car prices went even higher because you couldn't get one for three years. And there's a three year waiting list on a new car. And second-hand and new cars went through the roof when normally cars go down in value because there's no supply of them. So when there's no supply of food and energy and cars and materials, the cost of them goes up due to supply and demand. Now, some people think this is all a plan, part of the new world order, the great reset from the World Economic Forum and Charles Schwab and the Rothschilds. That's not for me to talk about here. That's certainly something for you to do your own research on. I'd be careful not to go down too many conspiracy rabbit holes. So... The reason I believe the biggest crash in history is here, not coming, but here, is because your spending power is the lowest it's been since the Second World War. Inflation is already really high. It's higher than they tell you, and it's going to go higher. And interest rates are going to go up, so your debt repayments have also got significantly more. So not only has your cost of living gone up, not as only has your relative earnings gone down and your spending power gone down, normally you've got low interest, high inflation, high interest, low inflation, but you're going to have this period where they're both high as they pass and that's going to really hit a lot of people hard now here's the opportunity as asset prices drop yields and returns on asset prices go up so the cheaper you can buy an asset the higher return on investment you get the the yield is the yearly income relative to the value So the higher yearly income against the lower purchase value, the higher the rate of return. So asset prices are so high, but they've started to drop. And as asset prices drop even more, yields and returns go up. So you should not be scared of asset prices dropping. You should be ready. Don't get ready, be ready. As property prices and gold prices And well, gold price is slightly different because gold's usually counter currency. So as confidence in currency is low, gold is usually high. But they all track their own growth patterns. But certainly real estate, that's due a correction. Hasn't corrected since 2008. That's due a correction. Interest rates go really high. People's mortgages double and triple. They can't afford to pay them. They've got equity in them because we've had a decent amount of growth. So they decide to sell them. They have to sell them cheap if they want to sell them quick. So they sell them cheap. So there's a new price correction and a new price average, which is lower. And then that forces the prices down and down and down until affordability gets back to normal. And that often happens really quickly, by the way. So that's happening. Like that started to happen. I mean, prices have been so strong for so long, unpredictably probably. But now you're looking at a correction coming. And... You want to buy low and hold. Buy, hold, die. So as as asset prices drop, returns on investments and yields go up. So be ready for that. The next thing is many businesses, unfortunately, will go under. I'm an entrepreneur. I love supporting small businesses. I want all entrepreneurs to succeed because entrepreneurs, are the 6 million small businesses in the UK fund virtually all of the public sector. The small business owner is the cornerstone of economy and growth and If you think about it, the American dream of you being able to create freedom and independent wealth. 
But it's really hard to run a freaking small business when the governments have locked you down and when taxation is so high and when um, employment's so scarce, therefore salaries are going up. Everything's going up. Like prices on you are going up 10, 20, 50%. Yet you can't put your prices up like that. Salaries are going up on you. Taxes are going up on you. All this is happening. So what's going to happen is many businesses are going to go under. Many businesses can't trade, which means, A, you can buy businesses maybe for nothing. You can buy distressed businesses. I've done a few of those. I bought letting agencies and training companies. But it also means there's a great time to start a business because there's much less competition. Unemployment is likely to go up as living standards get lower. So when unemployment goes up, you now have the chance to start to hire. As the economy shrinks, it's your time to grow because you should observe the masses and do the opposite. Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Now, there are certain few things that you can do to make sure that your economy is not affected by the economy, to make sure in the greatest crash in history, you have your greatest boom in your life. And here they are, I'll give you a few tactics. Number one is you need to learn to make, manage and multiply money. You need to learn the laws of money. For example, cash money is a depreciating liability. Do you know the difference between an investment and an asset? Do you know the upsides of inflation? Are you leveraging the upsides of inflation where most people think it's a downside? It's the first thing you've got to do, learn to make, manage and multiply money. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to be in assets, whether it's a business asset, a real estate asset, a physical asset like gold, a digital asset like maybe Bitcoin or having your own business or having a membership site like my Rob.team. You need to be in assets. The third thing is you need to turn, understand how to turn downside into upside, difficulty into opportunity and fear into motivation. Because right now the media is propagating a lot of fear. Now, people, some people have called me the doom monger of Europe. <laughs> and, you know, I do my Facebook daily lives and I bring all the, these doses, these, these great large doses of what I believe to be reality. I don't think anything I've said isn't a fact. And I always end with a solution and an opportunity and some tips and five steps and tactics, but the media don't. The media bring all the fear and doom and then just leave you hanging. So you have to take the lead in turning fear into motivation and downside into upside and difficulty into opportunity. And a great way to do that is to join Rob.team. So Rob.team is a digital financial platform. It's what you never got taught in school about money, that your parents didn't know about money and the system don't want you to know about money. There are courses, resources, and masterclasses of hundreds of hours going back since lockdown. So I used to charge hundreds of dollars per masterclass course or pounds, depending on length and location. And then when lockdown happened, I thought, I want to help as many people on this planet as possible. So I put these masterclasses into Rob.team and I decided to charge less than 20 pence a day so that no one had an excuse not to be able to get access to this information. But the problem with free advice is it's worth every penny. But when you pay, you pay attention. 
So for less than 20 pence a day, cancel any time, no ongoing contract, hundreds of hours of content going back since the start of lockdown, all recorded. Any future content, you can get me live, either in the room or on a Zoom. And then once they're finished, they get recorded. To get all of this for less than 20 pence a day, just go to rob.team. So you literally type in on the internet, any web page, R-O-B dot T-E-A-M. Rob dot, I say it slow because many people forget or ask me to say it again. Rob dot team. So if you go to rob.team right now, you can get courses, resources, and masterclasses going back three years, hundreds of hours to start and scale your business, make, manage, and multiply money, get better financial education and knowledge, turn depreciating cash into appreciating assets, create multiple streams of recurring income, build digital as well as physical assets, learn, earn, and invest to build, to get out of debt, to build financial security, to financial independence, to financial freedom. Now, some people say to me, Rob, a lot of the stuff you teach, they should teach in schools. Why don't they teach them in schools? Because the system doesn't want you to know this. The system needs you to pay 50% tax for the rest of your life because that's where they fund their public sector. They also need to get you into debt so you're paying hundreds of thousands in your life in interest. So they need you to be employed. They need you to be a drone in the system. They need you in a coma with... One needle sucking 50% blood out of your body of tax and one needle in the other arm sucking hundreds of thousands in interest on the loans that they give you that they print out of funny nothing money. So they need you laying in a bed in a coma as a good employee paying hundreds of thousands in your life in interest and half of all your money in tax. That's what they need. And that's why the stuff that I teach will never be taught in schools. I'm not trying to teach it in schools. I'm building my own school. So to join and learn all this stuff, be an entrepreneur, be independent. Learn how money really works. Play the banks at their own game, the central banks at their own game. Play the system at its own game. Get your tax down, get your income up, get your amount of income streams up. Go join Rob.team. You literally just type in R-O-B dot T-E-A-M into a new web, web page. Go join right now. While you're going and joining, and don't do it later. People say to me on my lives, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I've got my internet set up. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it when I get my credit card. No, no, do it now. There is the nine module 10 hour how to invest series live now on Rob.team. There is the how to increase your earning power masterclass live on Rob.team. There's the 21 ways to monetize social media, content into cash flow, information into income live on Rob.team. It's all there. I've got two masterclasses now on how to Get free leads and clients, part one and part two, all on Rob.team. I can't list it all. We'll be here all day. I'll see you in Rob.team. No risk. Cancel anytime. No ongoing contract. Less than 20 pence a day. Type R-O-B dot T-E-A-M.